Welcome back to For the Love of Life podcast. Uh, this is another guest episode. Uh, seems to be the trend these days. Podcast started alone in my car, and now it's kind of transitioned into a guest show, um, which is cool with me. And maybe if there's times when I feel like I have something that I really urgently want to express, there will be solo episodes, but... For now, I'm really loving connecting with other really, really interesting people. Other interesting people, you know. Notice I said other because obviously I'm also really, really interesting. Anyways, today, my guest is... Her name is uh, Jen Mirambo, uh, but also known as Genergy. Now... I don't know why I did that awkward pause, but we're going to leave it. We're going to embrace it. We're going to keep on going. We're going to embarrass ourselves, so we're not going to mind. That's okay. Right? Um, but yeah, so Jen, Genergy, she's a dancer, a writer, a fire spinner, and a freedom activator. And who the heck doesn't want to activate their own freedom? And Definitely, 100%, 100p, a lover of life. And that's why she's on my pod. And I'm super, 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 super excited and grateful and just like, uh, just thrilled. Just in case you can't tell, that's how I feel about having her on my podcast. So um, hopefully you feel the same way. I'm just like, thank you, Jen, for being so easy to talk to and for being so open and articulate about your experience and for being so loving uh yeah I'm just really pumped right now and I just wanted to record it the intro and release it right away because while it's alive you know while the energy is fresh let's let you have it you know um, this is getting a little bit long and lengthy, but I also just want to tell you that recently I got a pet and it's called a skinny pig. Do you know what that is? Listens for a response, but doesn't hear one. So a skinny pig, for those of you who don't know, if you do know, just shh, shh, quiet, pretend you don't. A skinny pig is like a guinea pig, but they had a recessive gene or whatever. And now there's a breed called skinny pigs, which they don't have hair on their body. And um, as I was feeding my skinny pig some vegetation the other day, and it stood up on its feet and it went like this, I realized... I saw myself in that skinny pig. I was like, oh, that's me. I always knew that if I was an animal, I'd be like a small rodent, you know? And now um, it's manifest as a tiny little... It was so small. Oh my gosh. Okay, anyways, I'm going to wrap this up so I can publish this episode and go give it a little... A little kiss. I probably won't kiss it, but I'll pet it right on its ears. It likes to be pet. 
behind his ears and on his forehead and on his nose. Just like me, so... So, you know, his name's Nibs. All right, uh, without further ado, Genergy. Morning recording. Okay. Okay, it's happening. It's happening. Yes. Get it, we're here. Oh my gosh, Jen. Classic, Latea. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. This is really exciting for me. Oh, uh, like the the first day of um, voice codes when we were doing all the introductory stuff. I just remember like seeing you in your car, and when you're listening to everybody speak, you just had this huge smile, oh. and I was just so drawn to you because you're just like. I don't know, like just your light was like radiating out. I was immediately so curious about who this person is. Oh. And yeah, so now I'm excited that I get to like get to know more for, you know, an hour or so and yeah. share that with others. Oh, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. That's actually really sweet. I had no idea that that was going through your reality in that moment. <laughs> Oh, so, so sweet. Yeah, it's such an honor to be on here with you. I actually, like, when I first listened to that podcast, I was like, oh, my God, I want to be on there with her. And, like, it was, like, a thought in my mind. And then, boom, here we are. So really excited, really honored. Thank you for having me. It feels amazing and exciting. And I'm excited to get to know you more. I thought it was really beautiful when I remember at the beginning you were like, I'm really coming into my voice and, like, you know, I feel nervous and this and this and that. And then you're like, I have a podcast. I'm like, dude, she's killing it. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) Like, way to, like, really put yourself out there and – and like show the world that like even when you're nervous and like that like so many people let that stop them and you just like are going through it and you're feeling it and you're experiencing and you're being with it so that's amazing so thank you Mm -hmm. oh thank you so much (sighs) yeah that's nice to hear because sometimes I feel like embarrassed that I'm publicizing my neurosis in a way or you know I fumble a lot when I speak and sometimes I'll have a thought and it just abandons me or I can't quite catch it. But, and, and with my podcast, it's just like so raw and unedited. We're just like, let's capture all of it. And yeah, I like to do that. Not just the final product. I I think that's the beauty in it really. And I resonate so much because that's what I've been doing with dance where it's like, okay, I know I'm not a trained professional dancer, especially when I first started. It was like very much like I was still posting videos and stuff as I was learning and expanding into myself. And I'm still doing that in a lot of ways. But back then it was like, okay, I was very much just like coming into my dance and I was showing that process of like, this is like how it looks. I'm like really learning. I'm fumbling over my steps and like really showing that healing process without like having shame around it was huge for me. And that was like the method of going into that space of healing as I was going into it with my body for the most part. Mm. When did you start dancing? 
I started, so it's it's funny. I um, I had this like crazy freak accident when I was like almost like 11 years ago. And that's when I started like getting into my body more. Like I was always playing sports and stuff, but I didn't really like, I didn't dance at all. And right around that time I started having, I was like drinking a lot in college back then. And I started having these experiences where like, I'd be really drunk and all of a sudden I was like dancing and I was like, dude, I didn't even know I could dance. This is interesting. Or like, I'd be on karaoke and I was like, what? Like, this is like, who is this under, under this veil? Like that's coming out when I'm drunk, like really drunk. And so I would barely even remember it. And then it started where I went to a music festival and all of a sudden at this music festival, I think it was 2000. 12 I was around the time I started having this like really immense like spiritual awakening where my whole reality was shifting from a space of like very unaware and just like unconscious of myself in a lot of ways to just becoming more and more aware and conscious so around that time I went to a music festival it's called uh, hangout music festival in Gulf Shores Alabama and I remember during Steve Aoki's set, like something clicked in my brain and it all of a sudden, like I could hear the music differently and I just really started dancing. It was like I stepped into the dance and I was like, wow, oh my God, okay. And then I was like, I was doing all of this like foot, um, footwork and like shuffling and stuff. It just started like downloading. I was like, I feel like I just downloaded all these dance moves and I was like, what is happening? And then I had a, like another immense awakening during bass nectar set and I had my first channeling experience where I felt like I was getting an influx of information and just being able to like rapid fire, like share it with people. So I was like running around like, oh my God, like, (laughs) and it was just like, I was hearing all these downloads, like what I needed to know for my life and like where I was at on my journey. And like everything started to make sense in a way that like, I just didn't understand before. And so I was just waking up to a new level of consciousness. And through that was like, it was the dance. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I actually really appreciate how um, you just pointed out how it kind of started when, like, when you were drunk, you know, when you've had a lot to drink and then you're able to just let loose and find yourself yeah. dancing. And you're like, holy shit, wait, I can do this? Yeah. Because I would have similar experiences. Like, if there's a few times when I got like wasted and I was, I was the girl that was like getting everybody to dance. You know, there would be, I remember I was at my first night in Bali, which is actually funny because that night we were supposed to go see Steve Aoki. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We didn't actually make it there. Um, but that night, yeah, we just like, had a lot to drink. We ended up dancing on the tabletops and I didn't know that I could be that person who was like confidently, excitedly dancing and dancing well, you know, like people were loving it. And we kind of started this whole dance party and, and yeah, to like have that moment where you're like, holy shit, wait, that exists. I can do that, you know, but that's cool. So then after um okay so after you had that whole channeling kind of experience then did you just start dancing regularly like 
Right. So it happened. So that happened. And then at the same time, um, I remember going around this festival and I was smiling at people, like really smiling and like sharing myself. Like there was no holding back or like afraid they weren't going to receive me. And through that, I found like my ability to like uplift and inspire. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm here to do. Like I was seeing people's faces like transform and their energy just like brightening up as I was like really connected with myself, had just discovered my dance, had just had all these breakthrough opportunities. And then like sharing that with other people through my eyes. And I was like, wow, this is like my mission. This is what I'm here to do. I think that's around the time that the name Genergy started coming to me. And it was like, it was around, yeah, that whole time period of my life. And then, um, so then I would go out to like clubs and stuff in college and like bars and I would start dancing and people were like, what are you doing? How are you dancing like that? Like it was like new for people to see because I was like shuffling a lot. I did a lot with my feet. And so I used to tell people, just let the beat move your feet. Just let the beat move your feet. And like, it was like this thing that I could just like help people get into it. But I had no idea what to do with my arms. Like I was so (laughs) awkward. Like I was just like only focused on the lower body because like I was used to playing sports, like soccer and all that. So like I was very like already pretty, um, you know, agile with my feet. So then um, someone handed me poi and poi is like, you know, this uh, the balls where you spin it. And I thought it was the most difficult thing at the time. Like I was like frustrated. I was like, what is this? What the fuck? Like, why can't I get it? Like, I thought that I was really coordinated. And all of a sudden someone gives me this thing and I'm like, I feel like an idiot. And I was like mad at myself. And so it was showing me that there was all of these things around like my ability and my expression and the way that I learned things that I was like holding distortions and like frustration around. And I didn't really realize that until later on because like flow arts, which is poise, a type of flow art, it really shows you to yourself, shows you like where you're out of alignment, where your like thoughts are out of balance, where your body's out of balance, where left is, you know, stronger, or the right is stronger, more balanced or more aligned. So it really shows you to yourself. So I was like seeing myself and I was like, oh God, I don't want to, I don't want to look at that. So I kind of pushed it away for a while. And then I went on this cross country road trip when I, when I left, um, when I graduated college. And then I went, um, that's when I went over to like California for the first time and Colorado and Oregon. I loved all these places. And as soon as I got back, cause I had just graduated, I was like, I'm getting out of Florida. Like, fuck this place. Like I felt like, I felt like nobody here where I, I'm in Florida now still. Um, I felt like no one here got me. Like I was going through this awakening and this like spiritual journey and I felt very alienated and isolated. And then when I went over to Oregon and Colorado and California, it felt like people there were already on this wavelength. So I was like, wow, I feel at home here. I found like my tribe immediately. And I felt like I was very much judged in a lot of ways. And in, in I was living in Orlando at the time because I went to UCF. So then I moved to Colorado and then California. And then I started... Um, so I started going to festivals in California. Like it was just like, it started happening and I, I couldn't not like the universe was like, okay, there's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity, like really profound synchronicities that have very interesting stories, especially the way I got to Burning Man. But someone handed me poi again and was like, and, and I started practicing with it. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, this is starting to make sense. And I started to, you know, have more things to do with my arms. So I felt like it was unlocking this part, this upper part of my body that felt very stuck and contracted. So that was essentially like opening my heart as I was coming into myself. But I didn't really realize that at the time. I was just following like what felt good and what was like a synchronicity. I had read the book, The Celestine Prophecy in 2015. Mm-hmm. And that's when I like realized like, oh my God, I understand what synchronicity is. And then it started happening like left and right. Then all of a sudden I quit my my nine to five job. And then I went to 
lightning in a bottle festival. And then I had like this like deep, uh, tr this deep uh, trip where I had like this visionary, when I got into this like visionary space and these dancing goddesses came to me and they like invited me into this dance of life and reminded me that I'm also the dancing goddess that gets to remind others of the divine dance that goes through everything. And I was like, oh my God, I woke up from that trip and I was like, everything's a dance. Life is a dance. We're here to dance. Planets are dancing around each other. Energy's dancing in all moments. Like I had dance took on a really spiritual meaning was before I was just like, oh, it's just movement. And then I like, whoa. So then I, I really took that on and I started dancing like very intentionally. It was like, I'm here to dance. So then I started going to all these music festivals and dancing the whole time. Like I barely hung out with people because I was so like, uh, like I was like, oh, I get what's happening now within the dance. And I wanted to like unlock all these parts of myself. So then I started like spinning all poi and then I got into fire dancing and it really like started activating me in a whole other way that I was like, wow, I was like afraid to express myself. And then it started becoming this healing journey where I started seeing, you know, these areas where I was like holding on to shame, holding on to fear, holding on to guilt. And then that was stored in the like contraction of my body. So then I started really expanding and moving and realizing that I was like, breaking out of those patterns and limitations and self-limiting beliefs and things like that. Fuck. <laughs> like I was traveling all these other countries and stuff. Like it, it got really deep. Oh, okay. What, what was the, the trip? Was that like a DMT trip? Yeah. Oh, oh, those are yeah. powerful. <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And okay. So would you say that that kind of like woke you up to your life's purpose? Like, do you feel like you're, you have a sense of purpose? Yeah. And it, how it, okay. I want to hear you kind of describe it. Like, yeah. Okay. So it was a combination of that. And actually like my first like real mushroom trip that really woke me up to that. And that was actually in college. So right around that, that time where I was going to that music festival and having all these awakening experiences right before, right after that festival, I had a huge mushroom trip where I feel like I really woke up in, in a forest. I was like laughing, screaming, crying. I was healing something through the past of my old childhood friend that I was in love with. And like, it was all just like coming back. And then I realized in around that moment was this recognition of the interconnectedness of all life. And I was also studying environmental studies at UCF, University of Central Florida. And so I was studying that and then I had this experience. And so I was like learning about the environment and the interconnectedness of everything. And then I was having like a visceral experience of it on mushrooms, like in the forest, like literally feeling connected with everything underground here, there, that from the, the, the bottom of the earth to like the infinite universe like it was like all of it so then and then that that experience at the festival uh with the dmt but it was like i really became aware that i'm here to remind us of, of the interconnectedness of of life and that like that is our deep healing because in in college i was learning all about like okay the, the, what's going on in the food, what's being put in our water, what's happening with climate change, all of this stuff. And it was coming from a very like intense, aggressive perspective. Like we need to fight the fight and we need to like yeah. stop this from happening and protest and like da da da. And this energy that felt like it was like, we need to plant more trees and like, you know, attack the problem as opposed to getting to the root of the problem, which is really the inner, the disconnect that humanity has with their own self with it, which is nature. And so once I started to realize that as I was having that experience within myself, I realized that like, 
yeah, we can do all of this work, but until we actually get to the root of what's going on here, nothing's going to change. It's going to continue happening. So I was just like, well, why would I, like, I'm just someone that like gets to the, the bottom of it all. So like, I'm like, why would I continue on this path of, of, of this when it's like when humanity just needs to really have this experience that I just had, because this is exactly what happened to me. Like I wasn't so like, I mean, I, you know, I was all about the environment stuff, but it wasn't like this experience where I really felt that I am one with it. And people, you know, kind of, they kind of like get on me for a bit. They're like, oh, well, you can't expect the world to have all these experiences like that you had. And I'm like, well, if you think that, then we won't like we, we won't. But like I, we, I create my reality with my, my thoughts. So if I and you and everyone thinks that we can do this, like we actually can. It's only our, our thoughts that are the limitation of it. So I started seeing how the mind and the body and the reality are all connected with the thought. Yeah. And it's not that everybody needs to have your experience, but it's more about like people having their own experience that get brings them to yeah. that same understanding, you know, that we are all interconnected and that the essence of everything is like love, you know, yeah. and ah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so. exactly. Like their own, everyone gets to have their own experience with it, but something to where we're working towards bringing that as the forefront of what's needed for the these shifts to occur that the shifts that you know I was studying about in school that like needed to happen it was like out of purity but if people are really coming from greed and fear and all of these spaces in which you know the the the, the elites or whoever is is really like coming at it from then it's going to continue happening so that's only coming from more and more people having this vibration because the dominant, the predominant vibration on the planet is what's like going to dictate where we're at. So the more that it comes over to that threshold of like of love, the more that everyone just feels it anyways. Yeah. And the best way that you, I was like, okay, anyways, the best way that we can like encourage or inspire other people to come to that conclusion is like sharing our own yeah. experience of like how we got there, you know? And so, yeah, yeah it's not like, oh, I had this DMT trip, every single person on the planet needs to have a DMT trip so they can have that experience. Like it's, I I agree like with Terrence McKenna that like, you know, some people can't handle it, you know, like some people spend their whole lives kind of like trying to set boundaries and like maybe just like they're psychologically not equipped to handle such an experience. It might just shatter their entire fucking universe. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> then there's other methods that they can use to like, you know, then they can do things like dance or sing or write or, you know, uh, I guess like meditate. There's all kinds of different things that can bring us to that uh, awareness of yeah. like the essence of who we are. And, um, oh, sorry, I just remembered like when you mentioned poi, the first time that I tried spinning poi, it was just a mess. I was like getting tangled up. I didn't understand yeah. what to do with my arms. Yeah. And then I had this mushroom experience. Um, I was in South Africa and I was visiting with a friend who's he's like in his 50s and he wanted me to meet his girlfriend. And then she had a friend and they were having this whole like like love triangle experience, <laughs> you know, like it was very much an intimate thing for them. And then I was just like the the fourth person there. So um, his girlfriend gave me some poi and she was like, this is a flow toy, you know, maybe you'll like it. And then I just, you know, started playing around with it. And like, because I guess like 
the, yeah, the mushroom was like giving me all these like, you know, downloads about our interconnectedness. And, and it was like, as I was moving and spinning these, these poi like through and maneuvering them around one another, I found this state of flow and it was, oh, it was so cool. I feel like I learned so much from that experience. It was really interesting, like how the, just the like state that the mushroom put me in allowed me to find that flow. It like got me out of my way of being, of judgment of being like, I can't do it. It's too hard. What do I do? And just, you know, got into that. And and that was it. I was like, Oh, I found the flow. (laughs) So, Oh my God. uh, What, um, how does bringing the element of fire into the play change it for you? Oh my gosh. I was scared to do it for a while. Like I was practicing poi for so long. And then finally, like I was traveling in Mexico and someone was like, you know, you could like do this. Like, is this what you do? First he was like, oh, is this what you do for a living? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I never thought I could like do like an art for like, it just like didn't even cross my mind. I didn't even think of it like that. And then he's like, yeah, just practice with it. Like, just don't put it down. So I just started like spinning, like throughout the streets of Mexico, like doing parkour, jumping off like stairs and like spinning. And I just like got really good at it because I was in movement and I wasn't just like staying still. So that really helped me to like move with it. Um, And then finally I went over to Guatemala and I found like all of these flow artists and they were all like spinning fire and performing. And I finally did it. And then I started performing like immediately and I started like feeling like I was burning away these aspects of myself that were really no longer serving me. And I was really able to like burn away that shame, burn away that fear. And then like bring in this connection with such a powerful element and realizing that I was like almost afraid of that before afraid of that inner power and passion within myself until like I really started sharing it and dancing with it. And then, and then it just like turned everything around and I just, really got into it in a way that I was like, okay, I get, this is how I get to share that message like of interconnectedness through my art and expression and then reminding other people of that, like through my dance. And that's how it it all really started for me. And then I started going to other festivals and performing and, um, and then, yeah, so that really burned away what was stopping me from already being there. That's so cool. And do you do like paid gigs now performing? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Ah, I love that. That's so inspiring. I love hearing shit like that. Yeah. Oh, and also I just wanted to say the name Genergy, like that's ah, so fucking cool. <sighs> I'm I was like, I wish my name was Jen and I thought of that because just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't remember. I wish I remember like the exact moment that I thought of it, but then yeah, like around the time when I made my Instagram right before I graduated college, I was like, oh Genergy. Like mm-hmm. I gotta make it that. And it just, it it, honestly, it feels like it makes more and more sense every day. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this year, especially like the past years, like I've stepped into it more. Whereas like before I would like, I was like, I don't know, should I introduce myself as Jen? Should I introduce myself as Jenny? Like I was going like back and forth and now like, I'm just like, I'm Jenergy. And then it's like, okay, (laughs) I can, I feel like I can like share who I really am without having to like be seen yet by just like the vibration of the word. Mm -hmm. Mm. Cool. That's like a code. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay. So you, you said that you had four or five businesses. 
I mean, okay. It's like, it, it all, I've had like different ones. And right now I have like a different projects. Like right now I technically have like one official business and then different other projects that I'm working with on other teams. But I've had a few different ones in my life. So at first I started off making natural deodorant and it was, um, it's called One Life because I was like, oh, I'm going to spread the message of interconnectedness. I'm going to make a natural product and tell people about like the aluminum and all this stuff. So I did that for a while and it was cool. But then I, I started dancing and I was like, all I want to do is this like this. It was like evoking this passion and reminding me of who I am. So then um, I just did um, like fire dancing and stuff for a while. And now I have my business called Ecstatic Flow. And I'm also creating ecstatic dance, like official ecstatic dance in Miami. So that's called Ecstatic Dance 305. And um, I'm helping out with a few other projects. And then I also have uh, work with some some chocolates as well. Some chocolates. Some chocolates. <laughs> so, uh, okay, yeah, so the, oh, the ecstatic flow is like my main, like main project. Mm. So right and now we're doing different events and um, I actually have, I had a launch party with uh, on my birthday and I taught fire dancing with a friend. So we had like a fire dance workshop, then some performances and then did the whole ecstatic flow experience, which is um, for the most part right now it's It's growing as I'm like evolving and expanding, but right now it's an ecstatic dance and a sound healing and then some sort of like movement or vocal activation. Hmm. I'm sure ecstatic dance is exactly what it sounds like, but how would you explain that to someone who's like, what is it that you do? Yeah. What should I expect? Exactly. So, and that's, that's the question I love because <laughs> that usually means that someone's never been. And the, the point of ecstatic dance is really for people who haven't been into an experience like that to have a safe space to explore themselves, to express in ways that they've always felt they've had to hide or they felt ashamed of or they felt afraid to or they felt you know other people were judging them or that it wasn't a safe space because maybe you're you know uh, you're a woman and guys were always trying to like get behind you and something you know things like that so it's a safe space to just radically express yourself uh, through dance um, or if you need to scream or cry you know whatever needs to happen but um there's like a few like guidelines. So there's no talking on the dance floor. So it's strictly like dancing. You don't have people over here having a conversation and then people over here dancing. It's like you're on the dance floor because you're really committed to that journey within yourself. Um, and then usually there's like, um, it's, it's usually like a no substance type of event. So there's no like alcohol or anything being served. And they, they also ask you to like not take substances as well. Um, although they will like often will serve cacao, which, you know, in a way is kind of a little substance, but you know, the, the main thing is that it's like, it's not a bar. So you're not relying on alcohol and your normal, you know, substances in order to get you to like express. It's really the intention is like being able to move through the uncomfortable sensations that come up when, you start to dance and you haven't really gone into that space with yourself yet there's usually a lot of uncomfortable sensations that arise and it's a choice like do i choose to you know grab a drink and and in order to to suppress that uncomfortable sensation and move forward or do i choose to go through that uncomfortable sensation and feel it express it and then see how it dances and see how I want to express myself and then once you do that you realize like oh I just liberated some energy that was that was that was holding on to that was actually contracting me out of my fullest expression and you go into this on a consistent basis and you find there's deeper and deeper levels like every time you go and every time you dance 
That's amazing. So do you have like a core group of people who, how frequently do you host the ex? Yeah. <laughs> core group of people. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about this because I'm just like, it's been a passion to like really create it. And now we have a team of, gosh, how many people are on our team? Okay. Grace, Davida, Nick, Marco. There's like six of us mm-hmm. on the team and we're, uh, creating it in Miami every other Tuesday. I'd like to get it every week, every Tuesday. I want it, you know, during the week. So it's not like taking away from the experience where people are normally going out and whatever. It's like, okay, a midweek kind of like go into the, you know, the experience. It's not like you're going to be, you know, taking substances or something and need to like recover in some way. It's like, you know, really meant to be like a, a meditative movement meditation practice. That's not like a super long event. It's, you know, ecstatic dance. We have a little bit of a movement warm up, ecstatic dance, and then a sound, a shorter sound healing at the end. And then everyone goes. Amazing. And is it indoors or outdoors? Indoors. I wanted to, you know, it's it's nice when you have a container so that the energy is like really nicely contained in the space. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to have to like, you know, be weather permitting for things. And it's in Miami, it can be pouring one moment and then super sunny the other moment. So we do get a lot of rain here. I didn't even know that. That's great. Just learned yeah. something today. <laughs> uh, and what, how does that sound healing work? Sound healing is really nice. So um, it is usually one person. Well, at the, for ecstatic dance, we have one sound healer. We'll come in and bring a bunch of crystal bowls, maybe a gong, a flute, chime, these other instruments. And everyone lays down and just kind of like really like lets go, relaxes. And the sound frequencies help to, you know, move energy in the body and relax you and clear your channel uh, just with the different um, healing frequencies and the purity of the sounds. Mm. That sounds so yummy. Yeah. That sounds something like I would love to participate in. Oh my God, come over. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I wonder um, when we organize like a voice codes meetup, like if it will be in Florida. Because how many, there's several of you that are over there, right? Like think, you and Carlos. I think Raven is moving here. Oh, for, yeah. She's over there all the time, it seems. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know she was going to do that. I How did you meet so. her, by the way? Oh, my God. So such a funny story. I was in um, I was in Asheville this summer, and I happened to run into a friend who, like, I hadn't seen in a long time. And she started sharing this story about her life. And there was this crazy, like, love triangle thing going on in her life. And she started to talk about some people. And she started to talk about Raven. And when she talked about Raven, I was just like, well, like something inside me was like, I feel like I need to meet her. Like, I don't know what this is. And I looked her up and I was like, wow, I'm like really attracted to her and like everything that she's talking about. And I feel like I'm meant to like learn from her in some way as well. So then uh, fast forward, I'm looking up this, I'm looking at this course that's called Orgasmic Oracle. And I'm like, wow, this is one one of the teachers or the guide who was the creator of that course, Reverend Brianna Lynn. I had already been like watching some of her videos and been really inspired. And she was friends with a lot of my friends over there. I was like, wow, I feel like I'm meant to be in this course. And I had like a a download, like, yes, join the course. And I look who else is facilitating it with her. And Raven is one of them. And I was like, oh, interesting. It's that girl that I was like looking at, you know, like a few months back. So I was like, oh, I think this is a sign. Like, 
I'm feeling I want to join this course and I definitely want to connect. And I felt like I was meant to like connect with Reverend Brianna Lynn and Raven. And there's like things that we're going to be doing here. But I felt like there were still some layers that I really needed to work through in my being that was going to be unlocked through the course. And it was. And I felt like they, I was like, I, I need to connect with them. Like, I think that we're here to do work together. Like, they have no idea who I am. And that's okay. Like, I, I know who I am. And we're going to meet. And it's going to be amazing. So I joined the course. And so many breakthroughs. Like, I felt like Raven was, like, my spirit guide in some way. Mm -hmm. Like, just like, okay, this is, like, your, your next, you know, evolution. And then I went through, like, a huge breakthrough. And I feel much more connected with myself and my voice. Because she was also the voice. Um guide or the uh, voice oracle of the course and um, then I started helping her promote her voice codes course and got some people to join in and she ended up giving me a free uh, class to free course to for her voice codes and that's how I met you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes oh my god she's such a yeah. <laughs> amazing yeah I and then she came over, I still hadn't met her in person yet and then she came over to Miami and then more profound experiences so during art Basel and it was just like then we started working together immediately and things just like really started flowing it was cool you guys met for the first time at art Basel yeah when she flew to Miami so that was just in December like we had been communicating virtually and then met in person December oh. That's amazing because you guys posted um, videos of the two of you dancing yeah. and I wouldn't have known that that was the first time you'd met. I would just be mm -hmm. like, oh, like they're obviously a team, you know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've know. practiced this a lot of times. <laughs> I felt like we had been like reunited again, like we've known each other and then it was like, oh, we just picked up where we left off and that was super cool. So she's like one of those people that like when you met, it felt it was like a childhood friend. Like you just. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, I'm so thankful for her. Mm -hmm. So funny. I like I didn't really know what we were going to talk about when I got you on. And so, and uh, yesterday leading up to it, I was getting like really, really nervous. I was like, fuck, I should just, so I went on your Instagram and I started watching some of your videos and I didn't really come up with questions to ask, but I just like took, there was just some things that you said that I got super excited about. And I just kind of wanted to like reinvestigate them or see if you had anything to add on to it. Yeah. But uh, there was one thing, oh, you went, you made a video the day before you went to the art basil and when you were just like super excited you're like i'm so excited and i'm just gonna come on this live and express that excitement because i'm fucking done like not you know expressing yes. it if i'm excited <laughs> i'm gonna let it out and you said oh you said reawaken your inner child and bring the wisdom of oh, wisdom <laughs> of your adult and then merge the two yeah and i Love that so much. And then, and when you said you rewild yourself and yeah. that I thought was such a delicious statement, you know, like to give yourself permission to just let loose all this, all the excitement that wants to come out because it's true. We totally do like suppress yeah. our, ah, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you like 
maybe want to like touch on how the, the, what the process was like for you. I guess maybe it was just through dance and the more that you did it, the easier it became to like do that. And, but yeah. Yeah. How to go on. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. It's like, I felt for a long time that I would, cause I would remember as of being a kid, like, like I was just so excited. I talked about that in that video. And then it got to a point where I, I started to feel like this level of guilt around my excitement and my happiness and my pleasure. Like I was being like that and other people weren't. So I needed to like make myself small. So then I started to feel uncomfortable, you know, either I was being, I was being, you know, very empathetic and feeling other people or people were like, you know, maybe looking at me in a weird way or something like that. So then I started to just kind of naturally like suppress that and be like oh well, this is making me feel uncomfortable let me not like continue to do that so then well, even if people around me weren't make in that space afterwards since I had that already kind of conditioning I just started to feel like I never would would really go into it like I just started you know suppressing it more and like or it would come out in like weird ways or what it, it would be like kind of there but I was like kind of expressing it and then kind of holding it back and then like uh, so it was like this battle happening in the moment so then in that live was just like, oh my gosh, like it just felt like full clarity, like get to just like express it all and talk about it. Because I find that like when I have these downloads and these like, I find, I, I feel like they're called like self-healing codes or like downloads, healing downloads until like I really express them and share it in a way that's somehow public. I feel like I keep coming back to it until like the universe is like, you're here to share this, you're here to like inspire others until you do that. Like it's where you're just gonna keep getting hit with it over and over. So then like, <laughs> it was, like those lives would come to me and I would be like, oh my God, I literally like can't do anything but this live right now. And that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, the universe is like, I'm giving you all this, but it's not for you. Like it's for everyone, yeah. you know, it's yeah. whoever picks up on the signal and you know, clicks on that video yeah. it's not yours that's yeah. cool yeah I loved when you were like and I thought like I should take a nap but I just like couldn't you know like <laughs> I need to do this live right now yeah <sighs> oh man that's and then also like going back to so like to part of your question um like yeah it was definitely a big part of it was like the you know coming into the dance and allowing myself to go into that because the dance is a, is a metaphor and representation of life like where we're holding back in our dance we're also holding back in our expression in whatever form that is whether it's pleasure whether it's pain whether it's you know anything so we can kind of look at that like it's almost like the way you do anything is the way you do everything and see how that transfers over to other areas that you may not be directly looking at but it's all connected when um would you recommend like for for people who find it difficult to let themselves dance to like to close their eyes or what to dance alone or is it better to like put yourself in a situation where you're at an event and I don't know, like challenge yourself to dance without alcohol. Like what's yeah. an option if they can't make it to ecstatic dance because they live in Vancouver or something, for example, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it really, it, so there's many different ways. Uh, definitely dancing on your own is great. However, you're not going to move past that fear of other people watching you or judging mm -hmm. you if you don't surround yourself around other people. It's kind of like you, you need to also be able to do it with yourself because that's another thing that can, you can also be afraid of or like, you know, shying away from like just being intimate with yourself. 
Um, but to also like, so I, I would say both for sure. And if you can't make it to ecstatic dance, I would say you need to be really like empowered in yourself to like, not, um, you would have to guide yourself to an, through an ecstatic dance. If you go out to like a club or something like that and be like really empowered and connected with yourself to do so, because otherwise it can be easy to like fall into, oh, well, these people over here are not creating a safe space for me. So I need to contract again. So as long as like you can hold your hold yourself through that and like hold space for yourself through that because if people are like you know judging like that's their own thing but if you start to let that affect you then that's gonna be it's gonna make it a lot harder whereas ecstatic dance it's like a very openly open space that like that's something that we're not bringing into the space and you know it's also like you're not gonna have drunk people over here or people who are like not paying attention to your energy or maybe not respecting your boundaries so as long as you can like hold that within yourself because once you start to like open up and express you're gonna start to have to move sexual energy like sexual energy is the creative life force energy it is our dance so a lot of times we hold back our sexual energy because especially as women, oh, well, I don't want that guy to get turned on and all of a sudden start hitting on me and I don't, really don't want that attention. So a lot of women are conditioned unconsciously to withhold this sexual energy and not express that around people because they don't want to like attract attention in that way because it's very much felt, it's a very powerful energy. So um, if you can hold space for yourself in that, like now I can go out and like be in my sexual energy and if people are like, you know, trying to whatever, like I can navigate it with like full confidence and I don't feel like I have to hold back or feel afraid. But for a long time, I didn't feel that confident in myself. I didn't feel like I could. I Anytime like I started feeling attention in that way, I felt like I was like kind of being violated because I could feel them so deeply. So it felt, I felt yeah. really uncomfortable. But now like I have energetic boundaries and barriers and things and I know like my power myself so I don't feel like I'm being taken from or I'm being violated in any way of course if someone came up and touched me that's something different but like within the most part like I, I feel like I can do that and um and I can bring ecstatic dance to a dance floor and start inspiring other people to go into that as well so I, it's kind of like a alchemy once I go out to spaces outside of ecstatic dance which I love to do hmm. I bet having the fire helps keep people away too oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It's like, and it's not always about keeping people away, but it's like, okay, well, if I'm, you know, wanting to connect with myself or be in that space and someone's like, they're, they're, you know, trying to be in a type of way that I'm not feeling comfortable with they're you know, and they're not paying attention to that, then it can be, you know, very disruptive. And that happens a lot in Miami, especially back like years ago when I was in, in, in high school, I felt like I would, cause I had like a fake ID. So I was going out to like clubs and stuff. And it was always like you were getting grabbed or touched or someone, you know, it was like, that was the thing. I feel like people are more respectful now. It's been like 10 years, at least like over 10 years since that. So, um, that vibration by, and I feel like, you know, things have evolved more, but yeah, especially like back then in high school, when I'm really like learning, you know, developing my expression, it's like, Oh, well, you know, I don't feel safe and I'm not so connected with myself yet. So I don't really understand like, you know, what I'm feeling or why I'm contracting my body this way. Now I can feel like if I'm really breathing into myself or I'm contracting, I'm holding. But before it was like, you know, these defense mechanisms started to just come up un unconsciously. So that's why it's like, you know, that that awakening is really just becoming aware of all of these things and like aware of myself and, and energy and everything. So now it's, I feel I can really navigate, you know, any of those situations much better. Did you have any sort of like beliefs or understanding about the like 
about energy or the non-physical um, elements of life in the universe prior to that like mushroom trip or did you just honestly not really not I, I feel like not consciously in this reality I think it's something that you know in past lives like was very like I was very already like tapped in or something and it was easy to access in this life but because it felt like once I had that experience it like I really tapped into it and I was like wow oh my god okay uh right uh like it was like but before that like no and I wasn't I, you know, like, especially in my household, like there was nothing around like meditation or there was really not much around art or anything. Like it wasn't like I was in that environment already. So um, the only thing I had that was kind of close to that was a, a friend who I was had only known for like one or two years prior to that experience. And her dad um, was very into like conspiracy theory. So he started telling us like, what's really in our food, what's really in our water, this and that. That's how I got more into like the environmental studies track because he was like waking me up to that. But it wasn't really like spiritual or meditative. It was very like conspiracy theory based and and everything like that. So yeah, I really didn't have too too much of that before. Um, and then like right around that, right around that time, again, I was also, someone gave me a book called uh, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And that book was like waking me up and change. I was just like, oh my gosh, like this makes sense. And I started understanding like why my dad was the way he was. And like, cause I felt like I was really holding, there was still a lot of trauma around like arguments and things with my dad that I didn't understand. And then I started having compassion for him, just looking at like how people are the way they are and trauma and things that happen and the way society is. So I started like seeing that from like a higher perspective. I still had to do a lot of work to like heal that and release, you know, trapped emotions and stored energy around stuff with my dad. But, you know, I think that that's really a representation of like healing between the masculine and feminine on the planet that's happening right now. So. Hmm. I love, I think that's so cool how, you know, prior to a certain point, it was hardly even a part of your life. And now it's like the center of, you know, your whole universe and like where everything that you do, like comes from that understanding and that belief of like, of energy and love and vibration. Yeah. And oh, just lost my thought. I had something there. All right, it's gone. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's funny, like you're so like, like how whatever about it. Like when I was in college and like that would happen to me, I got so embarrassed. I would like freak out. I tried to like make up what I was gonna say, even though I forgot. And then mm -hmm. it just created like it was a whole thing. So I just love how like free you are around it. Yeah, I think um, I. I've come to learn that if like I don't chase it, it won't run away and it like might come back, yeah. you know, and it did. And what I was going to say is how those kind of things, you know, like when you're um, having that kind of spiritual awakening or it doesn't feel like you're learning new information. It really feels like you're remembering. You're yes. like, oh, this is something I forgot, but I remember now. And yes. Then, oh. Yeah. It's just That's like literally like whenever I write anything, I'm just like now whenever I write anything, I'm just like. Okay, I'm here. We're here remembering our power. We're here remembering you know, who we truly are. We're remembering our voice. We're remembering our freedom. We're remembering that we are already free. And it's really just the blocks in our mind that keep us from feeling that in every moment. And that's like our natural state. That's who we are. And we're 
we're just waking up to that. We're remembering it. And it's really cool to see so many young people having this like very, very deep wisdom. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my mentors, he actually said something to me about that. He was saying like, he's like, you hear a lot of these, you know, great teachers and stuff like people like Eckhart Tolle or like Sadhguru or I don't know, people who are older and they're, um, you know, teaching these lessons. And he's like, but it's so different and almost more potent coming from someone mm. who's so young. And I just love that. I'm like seeing all this, like everybody in voice codes, there's nobody who's like, you know, very old there. It's all a younger yeah. crowd and everyone has such depth to them. And mm -hmm. like every time Carlos or Devin or, uh, Vina would speak. I'm just like, oh, this is yeah. amazing. Like, yeah. Oh, just so impressed. And it's really exciting. And, and it really makes me feel like very optimistic about the, the future. And I know like some people feel kind of like it's hopeless and like, you know, are there's a, they, you know, they're like afraid of all the bad things that are happening in the world and think that it's not going to get better. But I just like look at, our generation. And I don't know, I just see so much potential. And I see so many people realizing their love and recognizing that that love that's in them is the same love that's in literally everybody else. And like having that same mission to help expose each other to, yeah. you know, our own light. And that's really cool. So Thank you for doing the great work. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for doing the great work. And thank you for sharing it. Like the more people you interview and the more that you put this, all of this out there, the more that people get to feel it and resonate and, you know, apply to their own lives. I feel that, you know, my story is one in which, you know, people can look at things that are similar in their life and, and like, oh, that makes sense. And how, you know, she went through that. And this is like similar in this way. So it helps people to see and break out of things uh, without having to experience all of it in that moment where it's like, I can learn from someone else's journey and then go deeper in their own journey. Mm -hmm. Oh, another thing that I really, really appreciate about you is, um, <sighs> mm like look i'm like i don't know <laughs> um well one just like how open and honest you are and also how you're you're willing to like express when you know when things are not all like love and light and happy and joyous you know like when shit's difficult you're like hey this is hard that's what i'm going through or when you uh become aware of like your own darkness and you know your own potential to like mm -hmm. hate or be angry or have negative emotion. Like I, that was really helpful for me because mm -hmm. I, um, you know, like when I feel those things, I want to be like, no, like don't feel bad or don't have bad thoughts. Or, you know, I feel like if I'm not feeling, uh, like elevated and like an uplifter in a moment that I'm somehow like regressing all the progress that I've made. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really cool to like integrate 
um, not integrate. Yeah, I guess. Or at least like embrace and accept and acknowledge all those different parts of us. Yeah. And and, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, so like with the podcast, like the name, like for the love of life, it's, I just think about it as like, you know, it's not for the love of all the good things in life, or it's not for the love of life when it's perfect. It's not for the life of life when it's, you know, pretty and organized. And when it's, when it's fully formed and developed, it's, it's for the love of all of life, you know, and, and it's so much a very personal thing for me to like, learn to love every aspect of it, you know, even my own potential to be evil, because we all have it. And I just think the way to move forward is to not deny like those elements of ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? To welcome the whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I am really grateful that you brought that up. That's been something that's a really deep part of what I've been processing the past some time now. And I find that, you know, for so long, I really tried to like suppress that or pretend like I was, you know, there's no darkness inside of me or hide anytime I felt bad or angry or sad or whatever it was. And all I was doing was just being inauthentic. Like all I was doing was just really hiding who I truly am. It's like, we are light and dark. If we're saying we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're in this duality, we're in this, we're in this reality here that that we're, this is, this is the reality of it. And if we project the shadow outside of us, the, the darkness outside of us, we're really not coming to that space within ourselves and just denying a huge part of, of ourselves. And when we, you know, not act on it, but like recognize that, feel it, embrace it, express what needs to be, let it be seen. And then it's like, oh yeah, why did I feel like that was like, I needed to hide that? Cause really that's just contracting the body again, like contracting a part of ourselves, contracting us into something because we're using all this energy to hide it and, and to be inauthentic. So it's like, you know, if you feel angry, like allow yourself to scream and be in it. Like last night I was at ecstatic dance and, you know, I'm still like, I had this injury in my knee and it was years ago, but there's still a trauma around even feeling the pain of that. Because in that moment, when I got the injury, like it was so painful. I didn't allow myself to feel it. And I held it all in. And I was like, like every tensing, every part of my body to the point that like, I'm still feeling the pain of that trauma that I didn't allow myself to express because I was so afraid to like show pain and it was so immense that I couldn't even allow my own self to feel it that now I go into this experience where like I pushed on a a part I was like massaging my knee and then I felt like I needed to scream and I felt like oh I can't let you know everybody hear this they're gonna think whatever 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 and then I screamed through that and I felt like my voice opening in a deeper way and I was like wow, like, yes. And there's definitely something around screaming, like an angry sound that I felt ashamed of and afraid to allow other people to, to hear. So, and, and there will be like external projections that will also like manifest this like internal, like fear that happens where like somebody will come up and try to like shut me down or something like that, because I'm still holding on to some fear. And once I really released it, I was like, 
every, like I felt so clear and in the space. And then at the end of the, of the circle, at the end of the ecstatic dance, we have a circle where we can share. So I shared that. And I was like, you know, I vulnerably shared, like, I've been afraid to, for you to hear that. I've been afraid to you, for you to know that like, I have pain in my body and all of this and that, you know, there's, there's something there that when I'm, you know, holding on to that fear, it really just takes me more away from myself. And when I can express it and allow myself to just feel and love myself, even though that is there, then I'm no longer, you know, in resistance to a part of myself. And then I'm fully integrated with all of me. And that's like coming into that space of true clarity and authenticity and, and, and who we really are. Mm. Resistance to a part of myself. It's hilarious that that's a thing that we experience. <laughs> and that I think like everybody can relate to, even if they don't necessarily recognize that it's happening. I think we all kind of have a bit of that. It's yeah. amazing. I'm oh, sorry, go on. A bit of that. We're all hiding it. Why don't we just all not hide it? I mean, I'm not saying hurt each other, but it's like, well, just like not hide it and then love each other through that. It would probably just eradicate that from the root anyways. Like it wouldn't even be there because that's it, really what it is. It's like what you resist persists. So if we're constantly resisting mm -hmm. it, it's just constantly staying there. So the more that we just like navigate and transmute, we can like move through these things and not, yeah, be holding on to it or be stuck in the cycle of it. Yeah. Um, my vulnerability is our superpower. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because um, like for myself personally, I would say one of the reasons why I don't, uh, where I tend to like hold in, I don't know, my own like complaining or expressing my anxieties or fears and stuff out loud is you know, not wanting to like offload that on somebody else and then like project that kind of, or cause them to take on my emotion. But it just because we uh, express something and like allow ourselves to ha like remove it from our insides, it doesn't mean that someone else has to take it on. And so just something like that, like screaming out in pain or I Everyone had this with me. What? Release their stuff too. Oh yeah! See, you gave everybody permission to like. That's so cool. Isn't yeah. that the best? That's so cool. So you have this experience where you've been holding in this thing for so long, and you're like, oh, I don't want to let it out because you know they might think this, this, or this, and then you permission slipped yourself to let it out, and then that allowed everybody else to do the same, and then yeah. everybody feels better. Yeah. Oh, it's like win, 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 win. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I and like you know, that. I've had these things with the screaming before that was specifically around touching a part of my body that was in pain, but I've had it, you know, in different experiences. And it's usually like, I sometimes feel like I'm also like channeling the healing for what's needed. I feel like in a lot of ways, we're all going through this like collective voice opening. And a lot of times, like we've been suppressed, like, and especially like, you know, we're told to like shut up or to be, not be too loud or this and that. And we're like, shut down, shut down, shut down. And, you know, ancestral trauma, we look at, you know, especially the suppression of the feminine and their and our voices over generations and how, you know, even like a, the Salem, like 
witch trials and all of that, you know, there was so much of that around like our voice and expression that we're healing from. And so when we go into those spaces and we're like moving it through our throats, this is like a, this is a very current reality thing. This is like what we're collectively moving through and like our, our collective right now. And so it's like, we're all needing this. And the more that we just don't hide it and then we just go through it and express it, the more we all just like that person screaming, we scream together. It's not like I'm interrupting their experience because if that person's having a healing experience, that means I'm having a healing experience because I am them. I, we're all connected. So cool. That's why like in medicine ceremony spaces, like, and they don't want me to like be in a process or like be screaming or something. They think that I'm going to be disturbing someone else. I'm like, you're not getting it. Like if I'm going through that and I'm having a healing experience, like that's only going to help that person over there. And whatever is happening is meant for everyone because we're all in the space. So that's where I get like, uh, I get like a little bit of um, some uh, disagreement, I, I would say with within certain spaces because what's needed to come through is like what's needed to come through. So let's like allow that and hold space and like go into it because if not, we're, we're suppressing a part of ourselves, even if it's not ourself, it's ourself in a different body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to have like restrictions on something like a healing ceremony or like a medicine ceremony. Be like, well, don't do that. You're like, uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> shouldn't I be releasing like, it whatever for, it is like you know a little bit but if it goes too much then you know if you're still in the process and you don't release it after like 30 seconds then we gotta shut you down it's like <laughs> those people over there are quietly having their beautiful blissful experience so we can't interrupt them it's like mm-hmm. okay so what about me <gasps> I get the short mm-hmm. end stick so when I, when I hear that I'm like I'm not going <laughs> uh hey when you um when you moved, what, what did you say you moved to? You moved to Oregon or you moved oh, to California? I moved to Colorado oh, and wow. then I moved to California. Okay. And then how did you go about finding your community and like making friends? Like, did it, was that a synchronistic thing that just like happened or did you actively yeah. seek out certain types of people? Yeah. I mean, it was for the most part, like I was just for a long time, like really in the flow following the synchronicity. So it was just like, boom, boom, boom. I mean, after that road trip, after college, I went to Colorado, I moved to Colorado because I had met some people on the road trip and I connected with them and I was like, okay, I'm going to go there. And like, I, I already met some people. So at this point, like I know, at least I'll know some people. And then I went on Craigslist. Like I used to go on Craigslist a lot, like find these like random opportunities. I found this like random opportunity to like clean some guy's bathroom in exchange for uh, like a room in his house. Like it was like <laughs> the most random thing. It was honestly really weird, <laughs> but like I had a free place to live and I was like, cool. So I was there and then I ended up like another weird situation with another Craigslist person. And I was like living in his living room and um for like super cheap and then at that point like I was I had like those people that I had met on the road trip got me a job at Mellow Mushroom where I, I happened to meet other people that was like kind of like-minded and everything and so I started hanging out with them but then actually um when I was on that road trip I had met some guy who was actually growing weed in California and I was like oh my god there's like a bunch of weed like this is crazy you must be supplying the whole east coast like it really wasn't that much but in my mind like I've only yeah. seen like <laughs> maximum an ounce of weed and so like to see like hundreds of pounds was like crazy to me so um I saw his plants and then he's like yeah if you ever want you know a job like you can 
you can uh, come and trim and and work here. And I was like, oh, whatever that means. Like, I'm down. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> I ended up, um, like, flying over from Colorado to go and trim for him. He was in, like, L.A. area. And, uh, and I was like, you know what? I really love California. Like, I'm going to move here instead. So then I got back and I connected with some people that I, you know, was working with. And they were they gave me a place to stay because I had like, we spent like, you know, days on end trimming and getting to know each other. So you're kind of just like there working um, and, and connecting deeply. So at that point I, um, I ended up going to this one guy's house, like in Pasadena, California, and he gave me a place to stay. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, I need my space back. So then he kind of like kicked me out. It wasn't like anything happened. He just like wanted his space back. So I was like, oh my God, like I knew I was meant to go to Venice Beach because I had met people there and like I felt like my tribe was there in Venice Beach, but I was like, no, it's going to be way too expensive. I'm not going to be able to afford it. And then I found a place in this super awesome house and it was like, you know, a little bit more out of my price range, but I was like, I think I'm meant to be here. So then I did it for a few months and um, that's when I like went to that festival, Lightning in a Bottle and had that whole experience and stuff. And I had like, after that festival, I like made all my friends and met like my tribe and then that's when like it just synchronicity, 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 and then kept continuing and traveling. And and then I ended up like trimming. I, I ended up just like leaving, like moving out of that house and going to the different like weed farms in Northern California and like camping on the farm and like trimming for like months at a time and saving up like thousands of dollars and then going traveling for the rest of the year. So then I did that for a few years. And at that point, I was just like really in the flow, like, okay, I'm going to go here now and then here and then back to California, save some more money, go to these festivals and then travel again. So at that point, like I went from in California, then I had a, a trip to Peru, uh, Colombia, Mexico, Guatemala in one year. And then I trimmed again. And then I went uh, to um, Hawaii the next year. Uh, and then and so I would be in these places for like a few months at a time. And then I would come back to L.A. for a little bit. And I felt like L.A. was kind of like my home base. And then I did it the next year again. And I went to Bali. And that was really awesome. And I kept extending my flight there and just like, I'm going to stay, stay longer. And then I'd make it back to L.A. and then do the festivals and the trimming again. And then and then I finally moved back home, which is Miami, uh, which is where I live now. I moved back here at the end of 2018. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. I love how that whole big adventure kind of started with you being like, I might not be able to afford to live in ben at Venice, Venice beach. Yeah. And then we are like, but let's do it anyways. It's just yeah. that, you know, that trusting that things are going to work out and yeah. then they do. <laughs> yeah. I love that yeah. stuff. That was kind of like my story of going to burning man. And this is the one I, I really want to share. Cause I mean, it was so profound that I just like, I, I can't not, I feel like I need to write like something about this story because so like this was around the time where I had just only gone to lightning in a bottle and it was like I was living in Venice Beach and I'm, I had just moved out of Venice Beach. I was going to do the whole trimming thing and everyone's like going everyone in Venice Beach is going to Burning Man. It was like that was the thing to do because you're close over there. It's not like you're down here in Miami and it's like far as fuck. But everyone's like, OK, we're going to Burning Man. So all my friends were like, hey, you're going to Burning Man. You're going to Burning Man. And I'm like, no, no, I felt like I was super nervous. Like I was like, no way. Like this sounds like crazy. I don't know if I could do it. Like da, 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 all these doubts, all these fears, which was just a projection of what I was experiencing inside because Burning Man, again, just shows you to yourself. 
So even after lightning in a bottle, yeah, isn't that I mean, like I, I similar? Was still, like at this point, it was also like it was a combination of feeling like I had no money and I was nervous and I didn't feel like I could afford it in one sense. And I was still like, I don't know, a week in the desert, like I don't have, you know, anything or whatever. And there's all this dust. It's really cold. It's really hot. It's like all these things. So and I was just like, yeah, it was it was still nervous. Um, and at that point, uh, I was trying to, I thought that I was going to be trimming at that time. So I thought I was going to be like working, but then the weed, like the plants weren't ready yet. So the time kept getting pushed back another week, another week. So it was like, I was actually going to be doing nothing that week. And I was just like kind of beach bumming it in San Diego with my friend, like waiting for the the work to start. We're like waiting for the freaking grass to grow, like literally. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, and then I'm at this full moon drum circle at this place uh, called, uh, I think it was called Trilogy Sanctuary. Yeah. And I'm drumming and dancing on the full moon in a circle, just going around and around. And all of a sudden, like in that space, like I got out of my head and I got this download, like go to Burning Man, like right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> right now, like right now. And they're like, yeah, right now. I'm like, I don't have a ticket. And I'm like, and it's just like, go. And then all of a sudden, like I had this surge of insight that like, all I had to do was trust and it would all work out. And then this, so I told this girl, I was like, oh, I'm going to Burning Man. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm, she's like, you said you weren't going like two minutes ago. And I'm like, yeah, but I got this download. Like I got to go like right now. And she was like, oh shit. Like, should I come with you? But what if we don't get in? What if we don't get a ticket? Like da-da. she had all these doubts. And I was like, you have doubts. You can't come with me because I am <laughs> doubt free and I can't let this energy inter- interact with the field. Like I wouldn't even, I wasn't even like this before. Like I was like, not you know all of a sudden it was just like yes like this is the way and in the back of my (laughs) mind I kind of thought that my friend was gonna come and like me and him he's like my gay best friend and like we were just like hanging out and he's like no 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 like you're going to Burning Man like I I asked him like okay we're going like let's drive to Black Rock City because we kept making these jokes and I thought he would just come if I started driving and that he wouldn't have any doubts but he was like no like I'm not meant to go like this is not for me right now. And like, I fully know that like this is for you. And like, I get I'm hearing it too. Like you need to go. And I was like, oh, shit. okay, I'm really doing this. And it's like literally two o'clock in the morning. I'm leaving San Diego. I still needed to go get some stuff out of my storage unit that was in L.A. So I literally like drove to L.A. from San Diego. I had to break into my storage unit, like literally jump the fence because it was closed. And I had to like jump the fence, like get in. There was like a cop rolling by. Like I felt like a ninja. Like <laughs> I grabbed my face mask and all my like winter clothes and stuff because at night it gets really cold over there. And then even though it was summertime. And then I just started driving. So I drove in the middle of the night over to from Los Angeles to Reno. But in the middle, uh, at some point, I stopped and I slept in my car. And then I woke up and I kept driving. And then as I'm driving, I'm starting to have these doubts. And I'm like, oh, no, like started to get really nervous. I'm like, what if I don't get a ticket? What am I doing? I'm driving freaking blah, 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 blah. Like, what the fuck? I have no money. Listen, that like I had like pretty much like $400 to my name and like a credit card. So I was like. All right. Well, I, I'm, and then I so then I call my friend uh, Dylan, my gay best friend. He's like, "Don't worry, your spirit sass, your spirit guide, sister Sassafras is gonna take care of you. Just trust. Like it's all gonna be good." And then I'm like, "Okay, okay." So then I I was relaxed for another few hours, and then again the anxiety started coming back. So then I'm like on Craigslist trying to look for a ticket. Craigslist was like my magic thing back then. I was like always on Craigslist, like finding like magical <laughs> things. That's how I found my apartment here in Miami, actually. Craigslist is the way to go. I know everyone's afraid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, 
So I'm on Craigslist. I'm trying to find a Burning Man ticket. And there's like people trying to scam people. There's people like uh, trying to sell them for like three times the price. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? And then, so then I'm like, I, in my head, I was like, all I, I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm just going to go to Whole Foods and start getting food. Like I'm going to Burning Man. So I'm just going to get Whole Foods. I'm going to go to Whole Foods. But at the time, like I was kind of like on my phone trying to figure some things out. And then I was trying to get money out of the ATM and I'm in another state. So the ATM was kind of canceling my card. And like the bank was like, so all these weird things started happening and I was looking for Whole Foods. And then I was like, fuck, I'm just going to get off on the next exit. I'll get to Whole Foods later and I'm just going to figure this out. And all of a sudden, like I get off on the exit and Whole Foods is like literally right in front of me and I stopped looking for it. And I was like, whoa, that's really weird. So then I go into the parking lot and I parked and all of a sudden I got this feeling. It was like, you're meant to be here right now. Like it was like this divine alignment feeling. And I was like, hey, this is interesting. So I got out of the car and I just started walking and I walked into Whole Foods. And honestly, there's a bunch of people there that are like wearing funky clothing and they look like they're going to Burning Man because it's really close to Burning Man. And and all of a sudden I just like walk up to this one guy who like is in funky clothes and looks like he's going to Burning Man. But most of the people, like like half of the people in there kind of look like that too. So I go up to this guy and I'm just like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, what's up? And I was like, are you going somewhere cool? And he's like, <laughs> Burning Man. I was like, oh shit, me too. And he's like, oh, I'm like, I, at least I think. And he's like, oh, you wouldn't happen to need a ticket, would you? I have one for sale right here. And I was like, what? <laughs> are you serious right now? Like, no, like you're fucking with me. Right. And like, he literally pulls it out. He's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm looking to sell this. It's for three ninety, And all I had was $400 cash. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I literally just drove from San Diego and LA. And then like, I drove straight to you for the sake of, I like started crying, like right on the spot. Like I was just like, are you serious? Like Burning Man is this magical. And he was like, he wasn't even surprised. He was just like, Oh yeah, that's how it goes at Burning Man, like pure magic. And I was just like, what the fuck? I was like so excited and like so stoked. And then I, I bought some food and I still didn't know where I was going to camp. I still needed a vehicle pass in order to get my car in. And yeah. Um, and so then I slept in my car again. I woke up and I was like going to go back to sleep. And then I'm like, no, I need to drive like right now. So I drive and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop here and then go to the bathroom and like brush my teeth. So then I stopped there. And again, I got that feeling like I think I'm, I'm meant to be here right now. So I'm like, oh, I should I should just make a sign that says I'm looking for a vehicle pass and I'm going to stand on the side of the road for the next however many hours until someone like gives me one. Like, I think that's not going to be as hard to find as a ticket. So I made the, the thing and it was interesting because I have on my way to the bathroom, I had like made eye contact with these people. And it was almost like spirit was like, you need to talk to them because they were like we had connected energetically already. And then I made the sign in my car, I come out and I show it to those people. And they're like, oh, what are you looking for? A vehicle pass? Like they couldn't even read the sign. It was like too small anyways. And they're like, are you looking for a ticket? And I was like, no, I'm looking for a vehicle pass. I got a ticket last night. It was super magical. They're like, oh, we have an extra vehicle pass. We just uh, need a ride in. And I was like, what? Like it's happened again, like right here. So again, like another magical synchronicity, they, they needed a ride in because they were in a U-Haul truck and they didn't want, you know, extra people like in the, with, cause the cops are really strict around there before you're getting in. So to be extra safe, they were like, Oh, it'd be better if we're sitting in a car with car seat, seatbelt and all that. So I was like, Oh, I have an empty car. It's just me and all this water that I bought and some food. <laughs> and so I put the water in their U-Haul, like they sit in the car and I'm telling them my story. They're like, so who are you? Like, what's up? 
tell them my story of how I got there and they're just like mind blown like what the fuck like you are so powerful manifester like who are like what is this like and I was like not even like aware of myself this was like me coming into that right in that moment so I'm just like holy shit as well <laughs> and they're like well where are you gonna camp I'm like again have no idea I just decided I was coming like last night so I'm just gonna set up my tent somewhere I guess like I know people that are there but I mean there's thousands of people there so like I it's hard to like find people like that so they're like oh you could camp with us and I'm like really and they have like this whole setup with an art car freaking cow like whole living room area and the best part was that they had like full-on kitchen with a meal plan so like you can eat perfect our <laughs> like you can eat our food too just do some dishes as a trade I was like what like, are you serious? So they gifted me like this whole experience with them. There were some people from Brooklyn, super cool. And, um, and yeah, they saved my life because honestly, like I did not buy enough food. Like I had got, like, <laughs> but like a week without a, without, I didn't have like a camp stove or even like, I maybe had a cooler at, at that, but I would have not made it. Like I'm just, like, it was just like pure blessing. And that was only the beginning. So then I had like, you know, all these really magical experiences with connections and, there was some interesting workshops that I went to that really opened my eyes up to a lot of this and changed my life. Mm. Those are my favorite, favorite stories. Yeah. And the best experiences. Cause it like, it leaves you with no other option than to acknowledge and believe in the magic of, of life, you know, whatever this thing is, you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm not yeah. alone in this. And like, you know, there's this other divine force out there that knows what I want and knows yeah. what I need to experience to like grow in the way that I want or like connect with the people that I want. And I'm guided mm -hmm. and, and ah, yes, there's that, I don't remember how to actually say it in Latin or whatever, but there's that like Latin saying that says like fortune favors the brave or fortune favors the bold, but essentially just, it's talking about just that, you know? So when you're willing to take that leap or take the step, even though it's totally uncertain and like logically, if you look at your bank account, you're like, can't afford it. How am I going to make that work? You know, you don't have a ticket. You don't know how you're, how you're going to get in. You don't know what you're going to eat. You don't know who you're going to meet up with. You don't know how you're, where you're going to camp but you just go anyways, because you had this like very absolute idea. And if that's, I love that. I love that so much. I had like, yeah. And then after you have those experiences, you just can't really, you, you can't unknow that you can, yeah. you can never like shake that belief in that things are working out for us. Yeah. And uh, that's really cool. Have you had anything else like that, like to that extent since then? I feel like that was definitely the most extreme, like then everything else has been like, okay, like clear, like synchronicities, I'm being guided, like, you know, really magical things happening. That was definitely like the most like profound, like, like with it. Um, I'm sure there's been, there, you know, after that's like kind of like, okay, now it's like natural that this is happening. Yeah. And yeah. After that. Being, but that was so like night and day from like, I mean, it's still like very, it's so extremely profound, but I mean, it was so night and day from like where I was operating at to like that level of trust. And it's like mm -hmm. anytime 
I, if I ever like lose trust or like, you know, forget, it's like, I can look back on that and then be like, okay, remember. And even if it's, you know, struggled and like whatever, like stressful situation may be happening in that moment, that's definitely something that I can kind of like come back to and like, oh yeah, this, this exists, this is real. And I get to keep trusting and I get to keep like really believing in that. And like, you know, wherever I'm at, I can look at, you know, am I, being out of alignment, am I not listening? Because like there is that there is that guidance, and that is it is there. So I get to just tune into that. Amazing. I love that, and it, it's so great that it's available to everybody. You know, yeah. it's not like you got to be a special kind of person to mm-hmm. have those kind of experiences, but you you just have to like notice when that kind of idea occurs and just be willing to go with it. That happened to me with um, going to South Africa for the first time. Mm. I was like at my house and just out of nowhere, I had this idea that I should go. I was like, I want to volunteer with wildlife somewhere in the world. And then I just hopped on Google and started looking up these different experiences. And then I ended up finding one based in South Africa and I told my mom about it. I was like, mom, I'm going to save up for a few months and then I'm going to go do this trip. And my mom was like, that sounds amazing. I want to go too. She's like, let's just go in. It was like three weeks or something. She's like, let's just go right away and then I'll pay you back. And then, so then we were doing all this planning and we ended up going to South Africa. We didn't even end up doing that volunteer experience that I initially thought I was going to be doing. We did something different. And But just like getting there, I had this whole really profound experience with elephants that like totally just like shifted the trajectory of my life. And when I remember like I came home, we were gone for three weeks and we did this whole tour and had a really nice time or whatever. And when I came home, I felt like there was physically a part of me that was that like was missing. I was like it felt so uh, physical. And I was like, I need to go back. I don't know what for. I thought it was for um, volunteering with elephants. And I was like, this is my path now. I'm going to become like this elephant rescue person. And I don't know how it's going to work. But somehow I'm going to just like, I quit my job as a hairstylist. And I went and planned this whole trip around like working with elephants. And I went to Thailand. And then I went to Zambia. And then I went back to South Africa. And then when I went back to South Africa, all my plans just changed. I realized I didn't want to be where I thought I wanted to be. I got to where I I planned to go and was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. And so I found myself in Johannesburg, like by myself. And I was planning on staying um, with someone for like three months. And and I was like, so I'm not going to have to pay for you know, food or board. So I didn't budget for that. So I, <laughs> I was like, Oh, fuck. Like I, I, I need, to, Oh, cause I think I had my ticket. Yeah. I booked my flight from South Africa in advance. So I knew I was going to be there for a couple of months and I didn't have the money to be there for a couple of months. So I was like, okay, let's just stayed in Airbnb for a night and we'll just figure it out. And I was like scared and alone and I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I went on couch surfing and I had like planned to stay with one person. And then uh, I was going to go 
um, to his place like the next day and we just had a conversation and he said something that just like made me feel kind of weird. And then I had messaged another person and this is my friend Johan, the one that I was telling you about uh, with like the, the mushroom poi trip. So I had like that happened I don't know, a year or two after this initial time when I met him, but his couch surfing profile, it said vibrations, vibrations, vibrations. And then he just like wrote all this stuff, but oh, he, yeah. um, I remember he you lit. Yeah. Oh, from the Raven thing. Yeah. yeah. But it was just so crazy. So then like, so I met him and another person that I met and neither of them were like who both of them were through couch surfing. Neither of them were who I like, booked to stay with they both like happened on a whim like last minute I was I ended up like going and staying with them and and they both changed my life in the most huge wow. way like Johan kind of really taught me about like uh I guess like metaphysics you know and he yeah I remember like I, I told Raven about this that I went to that drumming circle that night and like walked on fire yeah. and like had all these just like synchronistic things happen and then david who i ended up meeting he introduced me to jujitsu and then jujitsu has been like this whole huge like massive part of my life like i have no idea who i'd be without that and i just and and those were both just like impulsive decisions but when they occurred to me it was just like it just felt right you know so I'm sure like if I messaged my mom or someone and I was like, Hey, I'm going to go stay with like this older man who lives on a farm with no address in South Africa for free. They might've been concerned, but I'm like, yeah. he's like one of my best friends, you know, it was just, it was just a feeling I hadn't met him. I'm like, it yeah. just feels right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you so wow. much. It's amazing how you like, are able to tap into that and feel it and just like say yes and go for it that's like mm. it's the magic of surrender really mm -hmm. is. yeah I like um and I'm sure there's probably lots of times where you know spirits like hey go this way go this way there's this thing and we're like ah I don't have enough money and we listen to that yeah and I remember Abraham Hicks gave this analogy that I thought was really nice they were saying like you know if if you miss the boat and it goes on without you, you know, there's always another boat. It doesn't mean like, Oh, I missed my opportunity. Like, ah, yeah. there's always a new one and it's, yeah. it's constant and it's mm -hmm. ongoing. And so, and, uh, <sighs> yes, I'm so happy we had this conversation. I'm just feeling like so inspired and like ready to listen and tune in. So, Oh Yeah. And it's so perfect because I'm literally going to like a Burning Man event, like a Burning Man tomorrow. So, perfect. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> I have to be reminded, remind myself and go into it, remind everyone. Yeah, it's like. Mm, yes, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I like, I think like what you said, you know, there's like always another boat. I think like when those things happen, like it might feel like we like stepped out of the flow. Like we might be like super deep in the flow and it feels like, oh, I feel like I stepped out and then things are kind of like chaotic, but that's like the course like redirecting and then it's like you get on another boat and you're back in the flow and then it's like so yeah there's nothing I there's that's why it's like there's no mistakes it's all it's all learning lesson it's all like growing and flowing mm -hmm. yeah I remember having 
the words come to me that like we always receive the gifts that we're looking for, but they don't come wrapped the way that we expect them to be. Yeah. You know, we're like, I want this outcome. And then you actually go through a whole bunch of shit and you're like, this is fucking awful. What's happening? And then it leads yeah. you to exactly what you wanted. Mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah, that's good. That's so good to like have that awareness. It's and to remember because if because I forget all the time. So like when I'm not feeling great, I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's all good I feel you it's all good oh what time it's late there right you're like it's, yeah almost 10 40 oh my days do you want to wrap it up shortly let's see oh. oh one thing that you said that really resonated with me and I was really excited about was when you referenced sickness and injury in, um, Oh, hold on. What did I write here? Oh, you said sickness and injury is, it's like you're, Hmm. I didn't write a full sentence. I just wrote attacking a part of me that's in resistance to love. And that, I guess, is what you're talking about in resistance to a part of yourself. But it's like the biggest part of yourself, which is love. Mm. And then it manifests as sickness or injury. And I believe that's very true. You know, you see people suffer from chronic negative thoughts and emotions and then it just like snowballs into suddenly they're having like physical illness and and I really I don't know I'm I'm done with that thought but let's see Adam I've been going deep in this rabbit hole for some time so like I feel like Mm -hmm. it's like where something starts off as maybe like some sort of trauma that happens early in our life or something that conditions us out of just like our full open heart. Like we get hurt in some way we get, you know, whether it's like, so we lost trust or we, we put all of our trust in our love in somewhere and then somehow got disappointed. So we needed to like create some defense mechanism. So that starts in the mind of like, oh, I can't be open in this way or I can't share love in this way because I'll get hurt. So then I start to close myself off in some way. And then that starts to manifest as like some sort of negativity in some way that's like bringing that vibration into our body, which also starts contracting the body. Like I can't fully be open. I need to like hide myself, hide, hide my heart. That's why we have, you know, so many people that are like hunched over um, or just like not a fully like there in our, our, in their space of like commanding their energy and open in the throat. This is definitely something I've been working through for a while. And, and so then that, so that thought manifests in the physical, which is like the the contraction. It's like a subconscious holding pattern, which is actually due to the way that we breathe. So not fully breathing in life all the way and exhaling life. You know, it's like holding back in some way, which is, again, connected to love. All of that connected to the breath, connect contracting the body and then creating pain uh, and then causing illness, sickness and whatever that is. And you can also manifest an injury. And I feel like that's kind of like divine intervention. Like if it's like a freak accident, like kind of like what I had where it's like, it wasn't because I was like moving improperly, but it was because like some way I was out of alignment with myself and on a path that just had to like, and, and stop. And I felt like that was like 
me being in resistance to my feminine, very in my like over the masculine, that was more so a toxic masculine. And I was like more out of balance with my masculine and feminine energy there's many lessons around there and I that's again like before I you know had that whole spiritual awakening and it really got me to start thinking about life like what is the deeper meaning of this why did this tragic thing just happen where I feel like I oh, I feel like I lost my leg in a way and and in a sense like you know it's in that moment I knew it was going to be a lifelong injury it was just so excruciating and it's definitely something that I still deal with in ways but it taught me so much and it really got me to like tune into my body and start on this healing path because I really wasn't like it's like I've had this capacity of awareness for my body and energy and stuff but I wasn't tapped into it because I didn't really need to I was like I was okay but there were still things and, and traumas that I was holding on to from way earlier from my childhood and things with my dad and, and different injuries and stuff when I was younger that I didn't realize I was still holding on to because it wasn't like I had this like dire thing happening in my body that I needed to take care of. It was like kind of just going under the radar. So in that sense, it brought me to like get really deep and connecting with myself and start understanding the internal energy and meridians. And now like I do this like interesting body work practice and I, I know like my body on like a more energetic level than and that that, you know, is kind of like beyond most people's awareness in some senses. Um, but I feel that that's helped me with my dance and helping me become like more connected with energy because I just had to like really figure out how to heal my body. And um, and so now I talk a lot about self-healing and different ways in which we can, you know, be healing ourselves. And there's still like, I feel like I want to get like stem cells or something for my knee. I had knee surgery once, but it, it tore again and I didn't have a second knee surgery. So I'm looking into more like regenerative options. Uh, but yeah, the stem cells are quite expensive and I haven't really wanted to go into another knee surgery. So because it once it tore the, the ligament tore again, it was like, OK, well, now there's instability. And even though I do a lot of healing, it's kind of like heal and then come back and and things. So. And I'm always still looking at, okay, how can I be more aligned in my energy? How can I be more balanced in myself and the stuff that I can control and I can change and make shifts obviously can't change the past, but what can I do to heal myself now and clear my energy? And a lot of it in this point um, is like feeling pain and mm -hmm. uh, allowing myself to not shy away from it. And like, even within that injury, um, and in my previous, like my pattern in life was to withhold from feeling pain and withhold from uh, feeling anything like sensation, whatever it was. So I felt like I was feeling so much and I was so sensitive that I really started like numbing myself and suppressing whether it was like, like that excitement too, like we we're talking about, but also pain. And um, when that happened, like I said, like I contracted, I withheld and there was like any time like I would get spanked as a kid, like I would get held and like hold it in and not feel the pain because that was a defense me mechanism that I remember like discovering in order to kind of deal with the, in a way, like abuse that I was receiving from my father. And so I had to really like, you know, navigate that. And um, I really didn't agree with the way that he was punishing me and trying to teach me so I would kind of like pushed his buttons even more so it was just like more fire in the in the mix and that wasn't that wasn't helpful but yeah so it was like a lot of like reprogramming and realizing that I needed to like feel all of that and that's like the the, the motto like feel it to heal it and um so now like it's still like even with the knee like I was saying that experience where I like felt the pain screamed it the other day and other situations where I find like liberation through feeling everything whether it's immense pleasure or immense pain 
mm-hmm. and not shying away or resisting it, resisting a part of myself or trying to avoid it. And it's difficult, especially like certain certain areas where it's like, oh, my ego just wants to not feel that because it's so <laughs> awful. And I'm like, okay, embrace all of it. And it's it's a journey. It's a roller coaster. Sometimes I have pain gasms. It's wild. Pain gasms. Which ligament did you tear? My ACL. That's an important one. And was it like a full tear or a partial tear? Uh, yeah, it was full and like meniscus. I mean, the thing was, like, I was on a motorbike with a friend. It was like a small one. I literally like saw a shooting star. We we're drinking, got on a motorbike. And then it wasn't even like we got in an accident. It was something weird happened where like my leg was on the, th- the where you put your feet, but it was kind of like this small bike. It wasn't really for two people. And <laughs> my foot like slipped off and I think it went underneath the wheel and twisted up while I was holding on so I didn't fall off and it just like my my leg got like mangled and I was like just in excruciating pain like all I know is like I'm on a bike and all of a sudden I'm in hella pain and it's like and I feel like I broke my leg I'm never gonna walk again like I thought like my leg got cut off or something like it was crazy pain and and yeah and then as I'm screaming in pain or like I'm kind of screaming so I'm like 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 not wanting to feel it but like kind of screaming and like holding back and then like tensing every part of my body my friend's like what's going on like what are you what's going on and I'm like my knee my knee my knee so then he looks at me and he's like oh shit your knee and I'm like my knee uh, take me to the hospital and he's like okay don't look at your foot and I look at my foot and my whole foot's covered in blood there's literally a hole in the foot you could see the tendons it was just like crazy And I was like, holy fuck. So he like rips his shirt, ties it around my foot. So like, I don't lose all my blood because it's like gushing blood. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. And then like, and then that was coupled with like me hiding because I was like, I just got out of like high school. So I was still like my parent, my dad was very controlling. And there was like this thing around me getting hurt as a kid. Cause like I was very like, energetic and exciting and there's like but also like rambunctious and wild so I would like do things and my parents would like freak out and then they would tell me like you're gonna get hurt don't do that you're gonna get hurt so then I would get hurt and then I I, someone was constantly there telling me like freaking out like putting all this fear and stuff and I was trying to trust myself and things so it was like this battle always and then so my parents would all like especially my dad would get mad at me for getting hurt and I would get in a lot of trouble. So I had this like immense fear around shit, like telling people that I was hurt because I would get in trouble and then like made to feel bad. And then you're a bad person and you're guilty and like, da, 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 da. so like layers of layers of layers of layers of things. So I like hid and I lied about the whole experience mm-hmm. of like what happened. I like made up this story. And then I realized that I was like, kind of like this in a way like pathological liar about stuff like if something wasn't like what I needed like I could easily just make up a story and like create that so then like I was realizing like I was just creating these patterns so it was taking me out of my voice because the voice is all about expressing our truth and I'm not like in alignment with my truth so then I came to a realization some years ago around like my truth because I was in like a relationship and there was like another little lie that I shared and then I just like 
all of a sudden I'm just like, no, like never again. Like I have to just be like fully truthful. And like, I remember I told, I called my dad, I told him what really happened on that injury, even though it had been like eight years oh. <laughs> and like seven or something like, and then he like did really didn't care at the time, like anymore, but it was just like, he's like, okay, thanks for telling me. <laughs> Glad you lied the whole for like a million years. Yeah. But it was like, I had to just like come clean on everything. And uh, the things that I would remember, you know, which were like major stuff like that. But yeah, it showed me that part too. And it was like, now when I look back, even the thing about what I shared at the end of ecstatic dance yesterday was like, oh, I'm afraid to express this because there's still like, you know, some layers of like, oh, you're going to, you're not okay. Like, I'm going to get mad at you if you're hurt or someone's going to look down upon me for that. And that again, like still hides, like hides a part of myself. So I get to like continue to expand in all these other areas that allow me to like, that essentially be in alignment with exactly who I am about hiding. Wow. That's interesting. I think think the thing with, um, my dad, he has a, a temper also, you know, like, so Yeah, I remember like sometimes I might like say something that I thought like might like make him laugh or mm. that I just didn't think was a bad thing at all. I would say something and then he'd get really mad. And I think that's definitely probably contributed to my, um, mm-hmm. you know, what would be the word for, I can't think of the word, but anyways, not being fully expressed. Um yeah, being afraid to express myself. Yeah, because you're like, a, when people get angry at you for yeah. telling them something that's, you know, your truth, yeah. you're like, yeah. well, I don't want to do that anymore. It doesn't yeah. feel good. Become conditioned. Mm. And it, it's interesting. That, okay, so, uh, you, when did you become aware that you were kind of a pathical, a, a pathical, a pathological <laughs> liar in a sense. You said there was a thing. You don't have to be like specific about it, but something in a relationship where you yeah. you told a lie, and I guess like did it turn into a, it like exposed itself as a lie? Yeah, and well, then, it like, was like a lie that I, I I held for like a couple days, and then I ended up like sharing because I I couldn't really hold. I felt like I couldn't really hold on to that, but there was something. It started coming out, and then at that point, it was like. And they're like, the, the person just thought that I was lying about everything after that. And I was like, oh, God, no, I'm really not. But now that you think that, so then I was like, so then someone, this person was constantly like, you are a liar. You are a liar. You are like telling me this. And I was like freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, am I lying? Like, I needed to come clean on everything, even though it was like things of like years ago. But I wasn't lying about anything anymore. But it really got me to like be fully authentic and transparent with like everything. So now like, I kind of feel like in relationship, I'm like overly sharing because I'm like, because it would be like, even if I thought something and I didn't share it, then it became like, oh, are you lying? So then it it got like really psychologically manipulative within this relationship. Um, But it just now I'm like, so sherry that it, it can be like almost to my detriment. It's not like I'm like, trying to hide something but it's almost like okay I probably didn't need to share all of that but like yeah. <laughs> I did and here we are so but it's it, it's it's all good I mean it's all like okay if someone can really be there and like feel all of me then that's great but there's also a time and a place for everything oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really cool that you had that experience because I had you know I'm obviously the details would be different but I had 
that type of experience where I had like, in a sense, told a lie. And then I don't know, maybe like a week or something, and then told the truth. And then the same, the person had that same reaction. They were like, you're fucking manipulative. Like, I can't trust anything that you say. They thought that I was dangerous. Like, yeah, they just all trust went out the window. And, and for me to see like, the instant change that happened in the way that that person saw me because I said something dishonest once <laughs> to them, but it was like such a big deal because we had like developed this connection of such trust and love and respect. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I lied about this thing. Yeah. And it just, it, Oh my God. It was, that was honestly like another one of those moments that changed my entire yeah. life. And, um, fuck, it was huge. It was really awful. Like, I don't know what it was like for you, but to have someone call me a liar and like, see me as this yeah. intentionally manipulative person. I was like, I don't ever, ever want to be that to anybody yeah. ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we have this podcast where we're just like, say all the things that are on your mind always. <laughs> just make it honest. <laughs> <laughs> I could. So I'm like, yeah. now I'm just this like radically transparent person. So like, thank you. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, shout out to the big lie. <laughs> yeah, but then it just got me like it got me to show, see that like there was these little things that I didn't really think were a big deal, but actually were. And it really got me to show to see that there was like aspects of myself that I was still hiding from that you know I just didn't think it was a big deal. And um, it's funny, it's so ironic because when I was a kid, my favorite game was hide and seek. Like I was always hiding. And that was like, and now it's like, I'm like finding myself because from all of the like ways in which it's like literal and metaphorical within like, you know, things that I was hiding from emotionally or whatnot. And like, you know, it's not expressing, but like literally in these games. And there was, I remember like there was one time where like I was in like some, like, um, like it was like always like fun and games. But then there was like a time where I was just like really emotional. And then I started to feel like unwanted. And like, I, I just stayed hiding. Like, I remember I like, didn't like I went out of bounds like I kind of like went somewhere where nobody could even find me and then they for like hours were looking for me and I was just like nah whatever like and it was like I'm not wanted and I'm just gonna stay here in this hiding spot and I feel like almost from that moment it was like me kind of like stayed in that hiding spot and never like really came out until all of this is like coming out and like mm -hmm. expressing and being seen and expanding and coming back into art and love and creation and expression isn't it funny that you can still have that feeling of, you know, nobody wants me or whatever? What, what yeah. did you just say? But like, meanwhile, everyone's looking for you, but yeah. you're just like, no, they don't even. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, all like, like, no, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. They're like, where is she? Like, we're looking for you forever. Uh, but we can just like create that little story in our mind. Yeah. But that's also relatable. Yeah. <sighs> That's that makes me really happy to see like who you are now and then to know that you had that uh, habit of being dishonest, like coming from childhood, because I have like um, a younger family member and she just like cannot for the life of her tell the truth. Like it just is automatic, like lies, storytelling about everything. And yeah, sometimes it like really it hurts me to see, you know, how it affects their relationships with people and stuff. And yeah. I just want to be like, just fucking be honest. But yeah. So your story makes me feel hopeful and like, 
you know, confident. Like I trust that she's going to have her own process and like go through all these things and then eventually get to that place of like, (sighs) but it's just hard, you know, like when you see someone and you're like, no, you're fucking awesome. And the only, it's just this. Yeah. It's Yeah. yeah. Hiding from yourself and being afraid to like show people who you are is what keeps you from having those connections that you so badly want. Yeah. Uh, rough. Oh my but, gosh. Yes. So thank you. Oh, thank you. All right. What else? Do you have any what more else? little tidbits? Oh. Water. Yeah, what's... <laughs> yeah, I mean... I feel like, you know, the message is really like we're, you know, going into those spaces, really deeply looking at ourselves and seeing how our life is really a projection of what's happening on the inside. And we can shift it at any moment by looking at inwards and seeing what needs to be shifted in our thoughts and in our and in our minds in order to really create that external projection of the reality that we choose that we really want to be in inner worlds, outer worlds as above so below and as within so without so it's like it's all connected and within that like everything's possible and there's just so much to this life and so much of it is really stepping outside of our comfort zone especially like around our expression and creativity because that's what it is like this life is art it's like our heart art Mm -hmm. and we're here to express that and share and create and connect with others in that space and that's where the magic happens that's why it's so magical at burning man because that's what it's the only thing it is it's only art it's like you don't have you don't have commodities where you're buying things you don't have branding you don't have any of that it's like it's all about the art and that's where we can really step into the magic of life and the dance of life man i gotta go when is burning man that's (laughs) Tomorrow, or that's a different thing? Well, it's a regional Burning Man, so it's tomorrow. It's called Love Burn. But the Burning Man, like the real Burning Man, like the main one, is uh, the end of August. So you can come. That's a possibility. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to actually definitely really consider trying to make that happen. Because I think I can do it. Um, And just to add on to what you were saying about, like, looking inward... Uh, not being afraid of what you might find because even like the most frightening things that exist within us because we are the whole spectrum like the opposite of that thing also exists so you know when we find hate we know that love is there when we find fear we know that whatever the fuck is the opposite of fear is there is that also love yeah (laughs) exactly and then it's like really just allowing ourselves to love that too like love the hate love the love the evil love the dark like love it bring love into Mm -hmm. that and then it's like no longer this thing that's like (gasps) it's like okay shit all right so that's like where I that's how I take it now I'm just like okay not because I felt like I was so resistant to seeing parts of myself and afraid to see that and I didn't want to look at it that I would just not go into those spaces. And now it's like, okay, let me go into it. Let me just see it, feel it, love it, hold it, whatever it needs and, and go there. So yeah, Mm. keep, keep feeling it all. Mm. Keep feeling it all. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much. All right. I should honestly, I mean, I know it's way later for you, but I should probably get to bed because I have an early morning tomorrow. Um, Okay. 
what would be like your message if uh and like i'm totally just stealing that thing that tim ferris does if you could put one thing on a billboard for everybody to see to be like hey this is what i want you to know what might it be share your heart and then the a r t is capitalized so you read art share oh. your heart nice yeah that's a good one <laughs> oh, amazing oh. Thank, Thank you so much, Genergy. Oh, and so if people uh, want more of this, yes. um, your is Instagram where you're yeah. most active? Or yeah, Instagram's great. So I'm Genergy Flow, J E N E R G Y underscore Flow, and I have my uh, website is also ecstatic dash Flow. But the easiest thing would be Genergy Flow on Instagram. Mm, yeah and then you're like link tree and stuff is there for all the other cool exactly. things that you do so uh, that's amazing. Miami, come hang out come to ecstatic dance come play i have lots of other events too and i'll be hosting events in other places as well but yeah i share a lot on my instagram so i would love for anyone to stay connected and also like reach out there's also like opportunities where i do like private sessions it can be like virtual or in person coaching and uh freedom activation sessions i like to call them so mm. yeah i'm actually calling in uh one or two coaching clients for that right now so i even had my mom like make a little post on on her facebook because i feel like <laughs> network tools like people would are just like ready for it so mm. yeah, it feels called to work together it feels inspired like I'm, I'm here to share so i'm here to serve so yeah hell yeah that's amazing oh have you ever um had like a shamanic journey done for you or anything like that? Uh, you mean like a plant medicine journey? Um, no, like work when we're like without the plant medicine. Um, anyways, I have a, my friend Athena, she's doing shamanic training. And one of the things she's basically just doing like case studies at this point, getting experience. And I feel like that would be something that you'd be interested in. Anyways, I'll like send you I went information to a workshop like that and possibly maybe it's similar at Burning Man once. It was like shamanic mm. drumming and they had like shamanic like uh, vision quests kind of like uh, visualization type of thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It'd be something probably like that. Um, yeah. Amazing. I'm, I'm hoping that she actually comes and joins the next voice codes because I'm just like you're she's one of the yeah one of the people. Amazing. I love that. Taya, thank you so awesome. much. I love what you're doing. I love this podcast. I love I love who you are. I love your expression and your vulnerability. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank so you for being great. here for the love of life. Yeah, for the love of life. <laughs> yeah. Stay magical. Yes, stay magical. All mm -hmm. right. Good night. All right. Good night. Bye.